When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Being Noom then today? Yes. At last. Finally. The, it's been a the while. Scottish, Canadian... Uh, English, Wirral. There's definitely a bit of Scouse in there. Like the Wirral, there's definitely a bit of Scouse in there. Definitely a Scouse twang there somewhere. It could be a good. It could be a good. Could have been a good quiz question that. Which which uh, odd one out? Ian Young's <laughs> accent. <laughs> well, we were gonna we were, we were gonna keep this until we were back off the zooms, weren't we? But yeah, we were gonna go full zooms, weren't we? But we've we've stuck about there, eh? It's a good, interesting. It's an interesting. Yeah, he's had a good career. Yeah, good career. Injury, career. Probably a blighted career, you'd say. A blighted career, blighted by injury, or the injury. It was always good with the young lads at Preston. That's, I'll always remember yeah. that. You know, in the youth team and that, he was he really looked after them, dropping them off after training, bringing them in. He used to charge them 100 quid a month, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. He didn't. I was just like playing with you, me, right? Because you were an absolute workhorse. So I knew that I, I knew that I could just take my foot off the gas a little bit with, with you, because I know he'd be running for me, bless him. <laughs> just be, be a little bit slower getting in the yeah. gear in the hope that yeah. Hume would come flying yeah. past you. <laughs> you know, mate, you're going to have to charge that one down, mate. Next one in that corner, you're going to have to charge it down, pal. We hope everyone enjoyed the quiz on Saturday. Have you got over it, Chris? I'll never get over Is it. There any apologies coming my way or? No, 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 no apology needed. No? What for? So, no, blatantly, blatantly shafted me. <laughs> it's all for the greater good, John. It's all for the greater good. <laughs> you, knew, you knew I were a bit, te- you knew I were a bit touchy, didn't you? I've been fucking doing quiz all day. Oh, oh aye. your face. <laughs> there's that. There's a, probably a f- four seconds when you're like that. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck the off. worst thing about it is, right, obviously we've put a little clip of it on Instagram, haven't we? So it's caught up on my Instagram, liked by Ollie Parkin. I'm like, oh my God, my young man's seen it. My young man's seen it. <laughs> I liked it. He's only 11. <laughs> Stuck on my unveated balls. He'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be saying that in playground when he's back at school. You've no one else to blame, John. No one else. Yeah, think one of his te- my nana was watching it. <laughs> my nana was bloody watching it, man. So come my unbeaten. I think one of his teachers watches as well, to be honest. So <laughs> I, I, I hope it worked a topic conversation on the uh, Monday morning when he went to school. <laughs> well, that was the last quiz for um, weekly quiz. Anyway, we're going to go monthly with the quizzes. Yep. Last Friday of every month. So the next quiz is only next week. Really, but yeah. from that point, it'll be the last Friday of every month. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing no. I'm not doing one question for it. I'll be honest with you, lads. 
Thank the Lord. Friends as well. We've got friends on Wednesday. Tomorrow night. Yes. The last one. that We're going to go monthly with that one as well. So we're going to have a quiz and under the costume friends every Wednesday on live on yes. YouTube. But, but, stop right there. They've got to know right now. Before we go any further, we've got something else for you Friday night. And Sunday night. Gonna, what have we got for us? What have we got, Chrissy? We're going to try something a bit, do we? Will people watch it? Is it going to work? Nobody anybody, knows. But you don't know till you try, do you? fed up uh, fucking Motson and uh, what some more of them commentators, Neville and all them. Anybody who's getting bored of any of their voices? We're going to commentate on the game. So what we're going to are do, we? we're going to watch. I don't know, are we? We're not commenting. Are we not? We're not I'm not. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think we better learn the players, John. I'm looking forward to you Tongan after 12, 12 Fosters. <laughs> Man United v Tottenham. Friday night. We're going to do a live stream. We'll watch the match. Put a live stream on there. We'll... A little bit like a, a, a Zoom goggle box type thing. Some ah, might say. Yet again, though, similar to the quiz, really. It's for our benefit. Not anybody else's. Yeah. So we're not bothered. Nobody else it's watches for, it. It's for us. Basically, we've not been doing on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Who else do? So we said, so we have a Zoom. Yeah. While we watch it match. Yeah. Should we live stream it? Yeah. Go on then. Stick it on YouTube. So basically, we're just swapping as uh, Foster's Saturday for a Foster's Friday and Gin. Gin, yes. gin and uh, Thatcher's Saturdays for, for Friday. Thing is, as well, I've just had a great. I, you know, if you don't watch the live stream, but you, so you watch the game, just come on. So we'll nick a few views and we'll put a couple of karaoke songs on at the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll nick 50,000 views. <laughs> so Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Jesus Christ. We're looking at, a, we're look, we're looking at another 50-pint week here, lads. I thought, I thought we went monthly on the quizzes and the friends to cut down on the flipping boozer. Yeah, it's going to be another 50-pint week. So should we, should we get him out then? Should we get him in? Ian, Ian. Come on, Ian. Ian, you? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Our first, uh, no, our second international from outside the British Isles or Ireland. Is this a fact? It's I'm not sure. Who was the first? Bruce Grobbler. Huh. Yeah. Will be. Yeah. Nobody else. Are you sure? Have you researched this or? What, researched our own guests? Yeah. Because <laughs> you've just, come in, you've just, <laughs> just came in. You've come in with a fact <laughs> and I'm just saying, have you researched it? That's, that's a fact. We'll put that as a fact. I'll, I'll take that then. Canadian International. Yeah. Should have been more. But yeah. Yeah. Been a long time since I've seen you. I know that. Yeah, me as well. Teammates for both of you. Yeah. On numerous occasions, yeah. Yeah. both numerous occasions. Yeah. We'll get we'll get onto it later on, but we've got we've got some managers in <laughs> yeah. we've got some managers in common where there's been good times and bad times and horrendous times and even worse times. <laughs> How did you end up over here in the first place? Because um, you were born in Scotland. I was born in Scotland. I um, moved to Canada when I was a year and a half. Uh, dad got a job offer over there, and family just uprooted. Uh, yeah, just came through the ranks over there and played local football and played over there. We have kind of like your your counties here, so you have your provinces. So I played from a province from under fourteen. Um, played for Ontario and I was twelve year old then. I played what two three years there and in the midst I was coming over on trials and came over on trial to Saint Mirren. 
did well. 13 year old training with the first team. How did that come about? How did you get on trial at St. Mirren from Canada? Because, <laughs> uh, like, very good question. Well, we have, it's, it's, it's mad. We have obviously Canada's got a lot of expats, so you have a lot of ex Scottish coaches and English coaches and all that. And one of the guys spotted me and was like, I think you got a chance over there. So, obviously, mum, mum and dad are like, well, dream for us. You playing Scotland would be brilliant, close to the family and all that. Us travelling over to see us would be would be brilliant and the family come and see it. So I've gone over St. Mirren, did bloody well. Like 13-year-old training with the first team. So I'm a little bit out of my depth a bit. You must have been, fuck, you must have been even smaller then, by the way. Um, you wasn't even taller, was it? Well, well, <laughs> well, no, but you know what I mean? But I was I was very, very, very slight. Yeah. Um, I was probably 5'5". Five, five, five. Four, so not much. I was going to say, you've only grown two I'm inches. I've not grown much. 23 years. But uh, I, w- I, was like a, I was like a rake. Um, that's, that's gone as well. <laughs> yeah, it happens to us all, man. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But no, I did, did really well, and they they were very impressed and spoke to the first team coach, and I obviously trained with the youth team there as well, and they just buzzed off me, sent scouts over to watch me in Canada and all that, and brought me over bags of gear, and they were they were just buzzing off me, and then stopped answering calls and emails and so it was kind of a they did yeah sent me and stopped answering yeah they'd, they'd said oh we'll, we'll keep sending scouts once you're 15 we'll bring you over and preschool boys and we'll do your first year and then you go into YTS and all that and just stop Tony Fitzpatrick was the manager at the time and got sacked and they just the youth team coach and all that stopped any contact and so do you know back then so we're talking what you say you're 13, what are you now? So 22 years ago. Would have been 97. So was football bigger in Canada than America then? No, because the MLS had started up. Right. And obviously just after post-USA 94, it was huge there. Yeah. So it, it kind of blew up and Nike started pumping money into it and, and everyone started pumping money into it. So in Canada, it was never... It's the biggest growing sport but it's never, ever going to have the financial backing that you've got in the US. Right. Is that now it's the biggest sport, or back, even back then? Well, well, now it's the biggest sport in Canada. They've got more kids playing from, from like, under eight to adult. You've got more people playing soccer than anything in Canada. It's brilliant. So you'd have thought that so, so if, if America were, like, having a bash, as the word, after 94, the natural progression would have been to go from Canada to America as opposed to Scotland, St. Mirren. Yeah, mm. yeah, but at the time it was it was, it was all scholarships. More, yeah, than it was kind of shit or bust. You you go down, you you decide you don't have what thirteen, fourteen year old. If you're offered a professional contract in Europe, you take it. Yeah, rather than wait till you're eighteen and go to university, because who knows what happens in that four years? Yeah, yeah. Because you take that risk and think, oh, you know what? I'm going to get a four year education. I won't go pro if I go pro until I'm twenty two. By 22, I'd already played 200 games. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of those. It's weighing it up, really, then, isn't it? Yeah. Over here, it's your career. Yeah. Where over there, it, it's it seems more like half your education, half. and then like if your third. football comes off, yeah, then like that's a bonus. Which is not I, a bad way, really. I think a lot yeah. of it is. But do you progress as quick? Guys who like it's changed now. It's even it's completely different now. But back then, it was. If you went to university, without any disrespect to the guys who chose that path, it was a matter of, did you doubt whether you were going to make it? 
will I be good enough to be pro? If if I am when I'm 22, then okay, I'll try that. But I'll get four years education first. So football yeah. was the the, the, the fallback, year. really. For for a lot, that, that's how I view it. Mm. Like I got offered a full ride when I was 14. A what? A full scholarship. Right. I got offered a full scholarship to Notre Dame when I was 14 because I played in tournaments, and they I've got the letterhead and all that full scholarship if he can if he completes his high school. So if I'd have stayed till I was 18, I had four years education paid for. Right. But at 14, I'm not looking four years ahead and thinking, oh, I could go to university here. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm 14 year old. A year and a half later, I signed professional. Might have been different if American Pie had been out then, because I think I'd have gone down the scholarship route. parties. Didn't know about all that. I think I'd have gone down that route. Because that's like the in America, the American football route through university mm. that's like a league in its own and massive on its, it's own it's bigger it? than the NFL unbelievable. financially not yeah, not the size but support wise it's bigger than NFL it's ridiculous they get 100,000 every week in Michigan if you support football you support Detroit Lions in the NFL but majority of them will be University of Michigan fans where they go and watch the Wolverines every other week like it's it's insane Notre Dame the same I don't know if you've ever seen the film Rudy oh. no Educating you here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> if you want motivational, film, I watch it. If I you watch want it a motivational two film. Weeks in quarantine. Okay, yeah, well you're fucking six foot bloody three, for little fellas like myself and you. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a motivational film to get you going to prove that hard work does pay off, watch the film Rudy. If that doesn't get you fucking buzzing at the end of the film. You you f- need to fuck off and stop watching films. <laughs> yeah, we will we'll get right, doing some research. On. All we want to do is do research. Is that it? Rudy, watch I'm that on Rudy film. next week. No, it's no like that's one of the films I grew up watching. It's like it's Sean Astin bloody yonks ago, but that was University of Notre Dame, and it's a it is a culture. I watched that Gold Cup semi final. Not all of it. I watched the highlights earlier. I watched the Gold Cup last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> USA v Canada, and I was thinking. I, was like, I wonder what the atmosphere is like. And I was like, it wasn't really our full stadium. Really. Was that the one I played in? Yeah, yeah. 2007. Yeah, that's the last Gold Cup I played in. Um, scored. Scored, yeah, came on and... Cleared one off the line, back heel. Oh, they all... Okay, the MCL didn't matter then. <laughs> on the post. is brilliant. Clint, Clint Dempsey. Ian Hume clears it off the line with a back heel. He <laughs> saves it for Canada. <laughs> I remember, I remember I came on came on and I was I was raging I wasn't starting and scored the goal and then we had a goal disallowed and I'm sure you've seen the highlight of that it's yeah. the most ludicrous offside yeah, yeah. call ever the reason the fan like the fans back then didn't come out but the f- stadium was, was filling up because you know, we were used you know, to when it. you've been playing because at that time you you experienced professional yeah playing in England in front of massive crowds big atmospheres and then what should be a big, a, a huge game, USA versus Canada. Where was it at? Sh- uh, Chicago, Soldier Field, and it was it holds seventy thousand people, but it wasn't anywhere. It was probably half full, but it was getting fuller and fuller as the game went on because Mexico was playing next, <laughs> and that's that's how it was. Um, they just the fan bases have grown like that's thirteen years ago. Yeah. Like that's a long time ago it's a, it's in terms of it. Comparing that to college American football yeah. thing, it's just it's oh, well. Mental. If you think if you think international football, the NFL was playing there. If Chicago Bears were playing at Soldier Field, it'd be full. 
Like, not even a question. Not your national team. Just the, the mm. city's professional team. Yeah. million percent that's full to the rafters. Mental. It wasn't um, Ronnie Moore who signed you, was it? A tramway? No, Aldo. John Aldridge. Well, even, even it, I, I, How would he seen you then? I got an opportunity because I was playing, I was 14 year old and I was playing under 18s in Canada. So I was playing like provincial with the Ontario team. I was playing in the national team under 17s at 14. So I was doing really well and this one select team from Toronto were like, okay, we're putting together a group of under 18s. We're going to go over to England, play games. And they're like, we'd love it you to like come. like <coughs> for scouts to come and watch. Yeah. So we, we, we came over, we played against England schoolboys. We played against Everton and we played against Tramia. I know, <laughs> variations of teams. <laughs> um, but did well in all games. Um, and we, we played against them and Right battle scored a couple of goals and so Champions League two they then? were league they were a championship championship yeah so John Aldridge had them that was the year after they I think they lost in the playoff final so we played against them and they're like oh this kid's really good and just a shame about his passport and our coach is like he's Scottish like is he fuck oh, is he, <laughs> but he's a little bit old he's fifteen <laughs> year old all right we'll get him over and we sat down spoke with the chief scout and all that and they had a end of season tour with the under 18 teams played a tournament in France and they're like we'd love to bring them over so they brought me over and I'm playing in a under 18 team tournament in just outside of Paris played against PSG played against some local teams make it all the way to the final and play fucking Port Vale all the way to France <laughs> played against PSG in the semi-final beat them 1-0 played Port Vale in the Bastard final you beat them beat them 1-0 scored the winner so that that went down well and they youth team coach just sent good reports back to the to Aldo at the time and said I want to sign him up that must have been daunting because it's you know we've had players talk about moving from Sunderland to Lincoln or wherever but you're leaving your mum and dad behind in Canada 15 year old yeah it was it was what it was it was it is a big old move, that in it mm. at fifteen. Living in digs was a was a hard one, but it, it it's one of those things you had to do it. And must have enjoyed it though <clears throat> in the digs. And yeah, was Ryan Taylor your age? He's a year younger than me, or eight months younger than me. Because he obviously went on to do well so with he me did, as well. He did brilliant. Yeah. Ryan Taylor in Newcastle. Mm. Well, we were bloody Dick and Dom in the. Once, once we <laughs> the broke into the first team, yeah. Once we broke into the first team, September thirteenth, ninety nine. I came over. Little to know that I'd be making my debut six months later. <laughs> so what? You sixteen? You made your Tramia debut? Yeah, sixteen. I think it was sixteen. One hundred and sixty-seven days. I think it was. He's got it, mate. He knows him. He's, he's yeah. a Mister Football. No, well, by the way. It was, yeah. it, was a, no, it was a big thing because I broke Dixie Dean's record at the time. Right. So for me to be beating somebody like Dixie Dean. Yeah. Okay, not beating him, but breaking his record for the youngest player was was huge, and it must have been straight. That must like, I think we're, we're probably skimming over the fact that you are like challenged height wise, aren't you? I'm always have been, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, like back in the day, he's too small. He's yeah. too small. We'll wait till he gets a bit bigger. You know what I mean? That was all that stigma about being too small back in the day, weren't there? Yeah. <laughs> so you must have been. You must have been. But the thing is, I was. I was the biggest fanny in the world as well. I, 
you know, like obviously played with both of you. You, you guys know I love a tackle. I love challenge. Back then, I was a shitbag. Really? I actually got brought on sub and hauled off sub by the youth team because <laughs> I come on and we were playing Wigan away. John, John McMahon, Steve McMahon's brother. He was our youth team coach. He's brought me on and put me on the wing or whatever. And the fullbacks come and tried to smash me, and I've jumped over them. And he's pulled me. He goes, Yumi, you do that again, I'll rip you off the pitch, and you're never fucking playing again. Two minutes later, went into a tackle. Next one, jumped. You get off the... F- Rip me off. Pulled you off? Pulled me off. You think he you goes, needed that? He, he goes, you're a big fanny. <laughs> a little fanny. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally 15, maybe just 16. And I needed it. And it, the next, when I finally got back into the side, got smashed a couple of times, ankle gone, looking swells up like that, and learned a lesson. Learn how to tackle and learn how to put my foot in and put yourself apart. And I'm kind of a horrible bastard now. <laughs> <laughs> so who's in that squad when you first coming through it? Like sixteen year old. Who's the who's the, the season pros? In the squad was well Clint Hill. Billy um, in it, were he? Billy was there. Gaz Roberts. You'd have played with Gaz at Donny, no? Left back. Uh I didn't play with him, but I know. Yeah, yeah. Gareth Roberts, he was there. Um big Dave Challoner. Did they um, welcome you in open it open arms? Oh, did the shit. Um <laughs> in the youth the youth team were brilliant, the lads were brilliant. Um got the old shit in the boot and all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the old shit in the boot. The in the <laughs> I know it well. It's, it's a classic. You <laughs> must do now. Nah. You must do you must put, it, put it underneath the insole in your boot. Oh you put your boot on it squelters up the sides. <laughs> oh. yeah. I had that one. Um one of our lads went you'd have played with him, Shawnee Thornton. Oh, he's featured on here a couple of times. Yes, he has. He's, hey, he was one of my best mates. Moved to Sunderland, completely lost him. Really? Didn't know where the hell he went. Like, I lived, he was in my digs. So he came through the youth team with me. And me and him lived in digs for three years. Four years, bloody hell. Um, went to Sunderland. And that was, that was bloody hilarious, because I knew exactly what was going on. Our kid's not well. Down His, his brother, Kev, was at college. Yeah. Our kid's not well, I'm going to go down and visit him. Training at fucking Sunderland, the country. <laughs> <laughs> traveled, traveled up to Sunderland, training with the first team. <laughs> like he'd, he'd only played like a unbelievable talent, but he was an acquired taste. I lived with him, so I knew how to rile him, and I knew how to piss him off. But I also knew what he was like, and he was a good lad, one on one. He had moments, especially when he had a drink, he completely changed. For on a night out in Liverpool, and he's just made his debut or something like that. And he's hammering one of the first team players, saying, "Where were you when they were handing out ability?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, Sean, did he have his bleach blonde hair then? Yeah, yeah. And he's he what? Sam, Seventeen, eighteen-ish. Yeah, Sammy Wethead, we used to call him because he used to have ginger locks, ginger bloody roots, w- worm hair. No, he used to have ginger looking undercut. So, <laughs> and he was like always soaked it and always, and then he went to blonde because he was getting hammered about it. But he could look after himself. Like, that's the thing, like... Yeah, he was quite handy, actually. He's, really? well, yeah. His, his old yeah. man's a boxer. So his old man was a boxer back in, in Ireland. And he used to do all... And he was a tough kid. Like, he... I'd, I'd back him against majority of players I've played with. He's a one-on-one. I'd say he, he was a tough, strong lad. And he could throw, <laughs> he could throw a punch. Sure, you know, there's a new spin on Sean Thorpe. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a story. He's a bare-knuckle bo- bare boxer. No, like, no. Sean, Sean, he'll tell you... He got battered by the lads. 
because of that comment he made on the night out <laughs> the next day in training or the Monday so that was the Saturday from or the senior lads battered him and you know how precious he was about his hair bleach blonde Gareth Gates style <laughs> up and came in on the Monday and the lads called him into the gym at Tramia and lights out so he goes walking in the lads are first team pro because he's in the first team now first team players in there doing weights goes walking in light out lads battering him cut his hair boot polish all over him Vaseline <laughs> all over him comes out fucking raging he had to go and shave his head <laughs> but you know how he is with his hair it's like you touch you even look at it the wrong way and he gets <laughs> well, upset I'm that with my food but he got but, <laughs> he, but he got a good wellian the same season that so no the, it was actually the year before when I made my debut I was the last game of the season was like May the 3rd and I was flying home on May the 4th or May the 5th so we went in and all the the kitty was left so there's like 400 quid left for the kitty for the lads to go to MAGA with and I've n I never went on a lads holiday as soon as the season finished I pissed off home because I'd spent seven weeks in Canada and they called us in and they're like alright who's going to get up and sing Humi how about you and I'm like and this is just knee-jerk reaction was well I'm not going to be here I'm not going to get the money I'm not going to be involved in the money how about some of the lads who are going on holiday fuck off get out and then I was training with the, the the first team then because we had our last game coming up and it's like 30 degrees and we're out training and all of a sudden Clint Hill he's Clint Hill's hard-nosed and he'd two foot you around the head and help you up like he's <laughs> and that's what he that's what he was like every day in training every, and that's one of the players who I learned how to change my game. The last training session before we played our last game, we were playing Palace at home the next day. And I'm warming up. And so I was with the reserve team. They called me, oh, Yumi, come on over. I come running over. I'm at the back of the queue. Next thing I know, you know the old physio scissors? They can cut through bloody oh, yeah, lead oh, without yeah. even fuck yeah. thinking of like a hot knife through butter. He's pulled these out of his pants, turned around. My kit from the bottom of my shorts right up to the top. <laughs> I'm in the middle of training ground up here, stark, like absolutely <laughs> bollocko. We get the sloggies as well. Bollocko, yeah, absolutely bollocko. And the only kit they had left was like three quarter tracky pants, <laughs> big rain jacket. Lost property. And, all that. and I'm, I'm like, I'm, but I'm laying in the middle of the training ground, absolutely starkers. And we've got a, we're a trainee physio, woman from bloody John Moore University in Liverpool, and I'm sitting here like this. And, <laughs> little 16 year old kid <laughs> hold, hold, 16 year hold, old hold, hold me bollocks like. <laughs> so, but I never complained it, it happened unfortunately it happened and nowadays I'm not saying it's right I'm not saying you should be going <laughs> doing these sort of things but nowadays it's like everyone's expecting of well this is what you give me I deserve this I deserve it bollocks you earn whatever you get and nowadays it's you got 18 year old kids on 100 grand a week back then you were on 150 if you were lucky and then you, you, you but you'd buzz <laughs> off your you'd buzz off your appearance fee yeah you had like a 250 quid appearance fee yeah. <laughs> yeah new pair of shoes Reebok classics <laughs> end of the month <laughs> <laughs> like you won't lottery were they <laughs> <laughs> like you won't lottery how did you move from Leicester come to Leicester come about then because uh, was it tough to, to move away from Tramere after they've brought you from Canada five year there you must have felt a bit it of was, connection um, there yeah and like I, my missus, I just had had my well, been with my missus, had my first daughter. 
a couple of times I'd been close to moving, cl- joining Preston, um, a couple of times with uh, Billy Davis there, and it just never came about. They always wanted a bit too much money, and so how were Leicester doing at this point? I lose track of how, where well, they, they were. Well, they got relegated, and then it was the first year in the champ. It was the, so I joined on the second year, so they were trying to clear the. Clear the wage bill and all that off. Get, oh, so they've got to get it from the Prem. Yeah. Trying to get rid of the, the big dogs. Yeah. So they Pipes. Pipes have been one of them then? Would have <laughs> been. So their first they they went down, they would have had like Dean, Brian Dean, they would have had Dickov. And so it kind who's the manager at last Craig Levine. My Levine. boyhood hero. Gonna say well, he was, he's an arts guy, isn't he? Hearts captain, yeah. Used to be. So Leicester came about from like Premier League club this. Hundred yeah. percent. Just moved into Walkers like a year before, or two years before. I'm like in thirty-five thousand seat stadium, beautiful stadium, great opportunity. But I wanted to go to Preston because it's local. I could have stayed here and gone. Travel though. So I end up going down to Leicester, and even with the relegation, all that was just a great club. Yeah. What was it like playing for your hero? <sighs> at the so start, never, at the start, never, never meet him, don't they? Yeah. It was just, at the start. It was brilliant. Um, just because of who he was and he was a hard nose centre half but at the time you know Nike come out with the vapours and they send you boots and they sent out like white boots and Levine hated coloured boots so I spoke to Nike and said listen send us out as close to black as you've got because they didn't do them at the time unless you went for tempos but I wear vapours so they sent out dark navy blue vapours and I wore them in the game, and we got we got battered comfortably. Like it was probably like a two nil, but like eighty percent possession, and never Could have been a, more than two. And never won a tackle. <clears throat> Coming in the morning, boot boy goes, "Hume, where's your boots? Like in the fucking boot room." No, they're not. I said, "Well, then they're in the skip from from Saturday." No, they're not. All my boots have gone missing. Levine had chucked all my boots in the bin. Dark, dark blue. All my boots. <laughs> all of my boots. All of my vapors were chucked in the bin. We should have got black, shouldn't you? They weren't available. <laughs> okay, let me just ring Nike up. Hey, do me a favor. Change the uh, line. See, of, see, see you. Get back on the Puma King. See you from Leicester. <laughs> well, sorry, Cristiano. We'll have to get back to you. You're up for like all my boots chucked out, and I'm like, fucking grow up. <laughs> Like what was your relationship like with before this? All right. So it's just I was in, I was in and out the team because obviously you had Dublin, you had Mark De Vries was there, big centre forward, and I was in and out the team, and it it was what it was. I was young, I was what twenty, twenty one, coming into a team where like driving my fifty one Red Vauxhall Astra into the car park, and there's Bentleys and Range Rovers and all that. I'm like, oh, kind of out of my depth a bit, but <laughs> um. Yeah, it was fine. It was. But even then, you'd you'd rather have him hammered you for it rather. I'd than rather have said, "Listen, you until you yeah. get rid of the fucking boots." <laughs> like I think it was three or four pairs of vapors. Back at the time, like get a few quid for that. Yeah. So uh, it it happened. I didn't go and bitch about it. See, I'd, I'd have just said, "Like until you buy me four new pairs of boots, I'm not training." Yeah, but it is what I it don't is. think he would have done. No, I don't. I don't <coughs> he would have done. I wouldn't. Have I done. don't think he would. Have done. I think he fucking would have. He's he's that stubborn, isn't he? He's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Gaffer. Until you get me shit. my new boots, I'm not training. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah! But you the, play the, with the Andy funny, Johnson. Played with Jono the the season after that. Well, we we know, were, we now know he's we, as mad as what people said. What yeah. we were like, what we were like in the dressing room back then. He he was he was loud. 
<laughs> he was with his fucking flowing locks <laughs> good looking fucker weren't he he was yeah he was don't know what he looks like now he's like a single sorry Jono Jono I'm sorry it's happening to us all no he was he was, no. he was, a, he was a good crack he's see I don't remember a lot of back then I'd obviously the training side of things but at that time it was very the conveyor belt of managers coming in and out because you've played under a lot of the tremendous ten that we speak about a lot on the podcast, that Gary Megson being one of them. I've just, is, is, I've just is, bumped is, it up there. Yeah, and Gary Megson's up there. He's an acquired taste to a lot of people. Um, I meet your palate. I was okay with him. He he wasn't. He worked just hard. He was all about fitness. He was all about the amount. Oh, of right, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah, drum, wait a minute! Drum roll here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Uh, this, this is my favourite story of the eighty-five podcasts we've ever done. By the way, so <laughs> no. just please listen up for this people. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, he was very big on prozone, so we we had this big prozone setup put in. It was like eighty odd grand or hundred grand put into the the Walker Stadium and all that. And it was. Uh, he'd come in and he'd analyse you and the opponents pro zones and we'd, we'd played Stoke at home and uh, this big fella was playing against us and we'd come in we got beat and come in on the Monday and I think he'd run nearly 13 and a half K and then he'd a lot of fucking run, that's a lot of running by the way people hey. a lot of running <laughs> yeah considering on average you're, you're normally a striker's normally doing between 9 and 11 11 and a half maybe you get your odd one who goes over 12 but this fucker's doing 13 and a half and he's hammered us. If this fat <laughs> can run fucking 13 and a half kilometres and well, use... I'm going to let you off with that one, Gary, but... <laughs> no, but he's like, if he can do that, why the fuck aren't you? And just laid into us like, and it was a tough, bloody week until the next game and just hammered us. And I think we'd... We've so done a bit more. That story, Ian. So I've run 13 It's in the past, half, mate. It's in the I've, past I've, now. I've run 13 and a half K in the game. I think it was just, uh, maybe a little bit short of 13 half k, but very close to 13 half k, and I remember it. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've never well, seen you. Bearing in so mind, I'm, mind folks, I'm not, that. I'm not kissing his ass because I didn't know him then. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that fat. That was the. <laughs> that's what we'll take from this story. But it was one of those. 13 half k in six game for last ten years. I know, I've played with you since then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but what would you rather do? 13 and a half K and not score? Or seven K and score a trick? I'd rather a twenty yard and score. <laughs> seven I'd rather a twenty yard and not score, I'll be honest with you. Maybe seven K at Ellen Road and score a trick? You take that one? And yeah. All right, Jamie. You've already <laughs> come out. Oh, you've already come out. I wish I'd have got him on early, didn't I? <laughs> 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 no, but that was that was the that was Megal to a to a T. Worked you hard. A lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people thought he was all right. I I got on with him all right. So he was a he was a real conveyor belt of managers towards yeah. the end. Well, just just career. my career, just, mate. It's been it's been the story of my well, life. That's when Jerry Taggart took over for a while. Tags was caretaker for a bit that was yeah. enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> no no tags, I bet Tags weren't getting the old fucking tags, 13 and a half on pros <laughs> no tag, Tags would get him like he was he was just helping out because he was doing the reserves and, and doing his coach started his coach and all that so he was doing the reserves and that and he always used to get involved and he had a nice left foot on him and he'd play five asides or possessions and I'll feed the bear give the bear the ball <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but he'd do it and then he'd, he'd come in on a Monday 
steamboat still a little bit from the weekend. Um, <laughs> but he was a, he was a great lad and he was great to have about the place. Because he, I mean, he said on the episode that we did with him that he got the job and he was literally he went he went in the office and he was like, "What the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, did that come across amongst the players?" The thing is, he had the respect of everybody. Yeah, because of what he'd done, um, and he soon as punch you in the face as tell you how to play the game like he he's one of those if you weren't doing the job he would have you up against the wall like he's (laughs) old fashioned centre half and an old fashioned player in general yeah (laughs) Ian Holloway were you there Ollie was Ollie was brilliant Um, great guy like one of the nicest best banter you'll have from a coach he's more coach Carter than uh, was it Rudy the one with yeah. Randy? Yeah, Rudy, yeah. Rudy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Randy? <laughs> Randy Rudy, that's the that's yeah. the blue version. Because it didn't <laughs> go well from there, did it? No, it, it was... Just, I th- it, sounds like, it sounds like it didn't go well for fucking many, I, to be honest. Yeah. Not, he was dealt a, a shit hand, all he was. He, Martin Allen started this third season I was there. He's another so, one in the 10. So the 07-08 season, Martin Allen took over. Um, a lot of questionable signings made not blowing our own trumpets but me and Matty Fry at the time were playing every week scoring goals and then they go and sign no disrespect he's a great really good friend of mine back when we were playing and DJ Campbell from Birmingham and Deej was a goal scorer but you've got the likes of me and Matty Fry back then on like twos and threes a week you're bringing in somebody on 15s and 18s who's played half the amount of games we've played and it's it's a tough that's one. That's when you start, and if you're playing in the team and he's on that and he's yeah. not playing in yeah. the team, that's it's, when you it's start a tough one to take. Fucking, yeah. This is a wind up. This it's a tough one to take, and look, that's no disrespect to Deej because you you obviously got offered a contract, you snapped the hand off. Did that happen all over the pitch as well, not just up front? Did the sign players on big well, money? Bruno and Gotti come in from Birmingham. Bruno and Gotti, great guy, but again, not a player we needed. Hardly played. Mm. You're bringing in these goalkeeper, the goalkeeper, and this right back, and this player from Holland. These guys are on like three-year contracts on six, seven grand a week. And nowhere near the team. Never played a game. I think they had a handful of games between the three of them. Do you know when the term losing the change room, I think that's one of the main things when players think, fuck me, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when they start. Obviously, we were with what had gone on with Martin Allen and his team and we were struggling and this is where leading into Ollie is as great a guy as he was. He was only at Plymouth beforehand and... I think it was a step too far for him right away, and nothing, not not a blight against him. Like he was class with all of us, and getting given X amount of money, and he gets given like January war chest of yeah. five million quid or whatever. Yeah. With all that money, he needed to clear. They're like, you need to clear the decks first. So to pay up these players that we'd said come in on five, six, sevens on three-year deals, he had to pay them up. Right. So he's get given five million quid, and he's got to spend bloody three of that getting rid, getting of, rid of players. Yeah, it's mad that, isn't it? that you get given five million quid and you've got to waste, spend half of it over half of it, getting rid, getting of, rid of fucking mm-hmm. shit. But it was, it's one of those, and that's what all he's got to come in and deal with. Yeah, and it was a hard one. And then you get to the end of the January window, and he sits us all down. Deadline day, sits everyone down, and he goes, "I've spoke to the." the owner spoke to the rest of the club the chief exec all that he says is everyone in here with me are we here to fight for the to save the club 
and everyone's sitting inside Leicester's training ground, inside the gym. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Gaffer, will you? Let's, let's do this. He's like, fucking brilliant. That's what I needed to hear. And everyone's behind him. Every, every single player. And he goes, listen, if you're not, tell me. He goes, I won't hold it against you. It won't be personal. He goes, we'll go into, come into my room. We'll talk. We'll go from there. Everyone's like, no, we're in it. Gaffer, let's fucking get out of this. As soon as that happens, so at the time, Preston were in, in again for me during the January window, and that was uh, Irvine. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's on the phone, and he's wanting to bring me in to play with you and Mel's and all that, and it was, I think you might have just gone there. Oh, wait. No, you wouldn't have done. Did if it you? was if it was the year Leicester went down, you signed that, like, set, Oh, yeah, you so you were I was still doing 13 and a half K at Stoke. <laughs> 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 but, that, but that was it, and everyone sat down, and we're like, yes, Ollie, we're in. Gaffer, yeah. we're, we're, we're going for it. So I go home, and I'm, like, me and the missus, because the possibility of going to Preston again, looking at houses and like where can we go halfway between here and Preston and so first thing I said I walk through the door keys on the table Chris listen well Preston's off we're staying till the end of the season let's get this done let's okay no problem literally I must have just taken my next breath phone rings the club secretary he goes you know what's happening right I haven't got a fucking clue and what do you mean I've said I've just finished a half an hour ago Meeting with Ollie, the whole team, everyone's in. Oh well, the the chairman's just accepted four hundred grand for you. So I'm like, all right, well, this is Andrew Neville, the Leicester club secretary. And I'm like, well, leave it with me. I'll, I'll I'll get back to you. So I call Ollie. I said, Ollie, what the fuck's going on, mate? He goes, what do you mean? He didn't know either. But they've just accepted four hundred grand. He goes, call you back. Hangs up. Five minutes later, calls me back. Goes. If you want to go, fucking go. He goes, get the hell out of here. He goes, because this guy's going over the top of me. Mandarich. Going over the top of me. We'd all agreed. We'd agreed it with them. We've told them that we're all in it together. And he accepts a bid. He goes, if you want to leave and it's right for you and the family, fucking go. I'm like, listen, I'm staying. I said, I've told you I'm staying. I'm not going to go back on that now. He goes, sounds good to me. Let's go. I've already, I've given my was word. That the, was that the Ollie factor? Hmm. Or was that you being a bit of a stubborn bastard thinking, I've just been in this meeting and we've all said, right, we're in it together and uh, that fucking arsehole Mandarich is trying to sell me. Fuck him. It was it was just... And the fact I'd given Ollie my word. and But, he, but he, to be fair, you, you'd given him your word, but... You've not gone behind his to back, him, have you? In fairness to him, mm-hmm. you weren't stitching him up if he said, look, if it's right for you or your family, get your sent out of here. Yeah. I, yeah, I understand that, but... The fact that I'd given my word and I was enjoying myself and I'd, I'd enjoyed playing for the club and the family were relatively settled. settled. Obviously, shit went from worse to worse and we ended up getting relegated and that was the that was the the hardest part. But then at the end of the season, finding out that the club had a copy of my contract that was different to the copy of the contract that I had, where you get a call at the end of the season, okay, Devastated anyways, we've just been relegated. Got ready to go to Disney World with my daughter, two and a half year old, three year old, buzzing just to switch off. And I'm oh Humi, can you can you come in and see us in the office? Like, yeah, no worries. So I go in. Your wages have cut in half for next season. And I've got my contract with me. Like, they're different. So yours says that my wages are cut in half, whereas 
Mine, Mine don't. don't. And that's the one that you've signed. That well, they've both got my signature. So it's like this is this is what baffled me was my agent and myself had this copy. The club had this copy. So I'm like literally just signing. You know, it was my first big wage rise, and I'm like, it wasn't first a, proper con. Yeah, proper. It, it wasn't massive, but it was compared yeah. to what I'd been used to. So I signed it when I signed it because obviously I'd, I signed on a lesser contract when I first signed for Leicester. Started doing really well. Got offered a new deal. And earned a new one. Earned, earned this one. And then it goes round and I buy into a new mortgage. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pump money into the house. Let's just, what X amount, 50% of my contract will go into the mortgage. Let's just get money off this mortgage. <coughs> and then I hear this and I'm like, I can't do that. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to fucking go then. So unless you're willing to revert to my old contract, I can't financially stabilize my family here with that. So then so I'm what, going... What, 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 the two what, contracts? What, was, it, was it like a, a fraud thing or...? No, it's, I remember after I'd signed my contract that they'd said, oh, there's, there's something you need to come in and sign. But it was the same contract. Just it m- must have had changed, a clause. They so, changed the clause. So whether they missed out the clause. Yeah. So you've gone back. But I've in gone in and thinking it's the in same good contract. faith, just thinking, okay, yeah, I just need to sign that, and I've, I must have done that. But yeah. my contract, they never gave me the copy of that. My contract that I had on file, because I'm kind of a, a stickler about, like I've still got all my wage slips from when I was tramming. So it went. So you gas bill, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't got them. I haven't got them, but I've got my contract. So as I know where my fucking passport is. That's all I'm bothered about. Passport, bank card, fuck, fuck, right. So it weren't. So it weren't a. It weren't like a, a fraudulent thing where they'd they just made a new contract up. You'd just literally sign something I'd without lit- yeah. realizing what you were. Yeah. What you were signing. But they'd been I, a bit I just naughty. thought. It, I just thought it was. A, it was a little bit naughty because they hadn't. They hadn't said what and it was this, that you were signing. They just yeah. said, "Oh, we need yeah. we need this new copy signing." Yeah, and they haven't said, "Oh, but with a clause in." Yeah, you agree with your with your agent. You know, if you get relegated, every contract that I've signed, you, the agent says, "Listen, if you go down, but it's twenty five percent." But see, mine never had that. That the one that I had the in front of me never yeah. had that. So they've been naughty by not saying, "Oh, saying well, it. by the way, this." I'm giving ways. you a copy. So what they've done is they've realised. Oh, my agent. Yeah, they've realised that your contract that you've got's not got it on. And thought, oh fuck! If if we do go down, and then they thought, I tell you what, we'll just get him in just to sign it. It's not, it's not fraudulent, but it's underhanded. It's, it's not here. Yeah. But it, see, that kind of dampened, well, a dampened a very fucking wet situation because we'd just been relegated. Because mm. there was a couple of messages from uh, Leicester fans saying that obviously when you went down, I think you'd said that, oh yeah, I'll be staying, no problem. And that Don't was. Worry. I love playing for the club. I want to stay. And that reverts back and that to this. Was I'm assuming that's before yep. you found out mm-hmm. about the contract. Hundred percent, and that's that's the thing is I had said that I didn't want to go, and I I honestly loved every minute there, apart from that last game against Stoke. I loved every minute at the club. Yeah, we've got we've got that in common, me and you, me. I mean that on, on the same day that Leicester went down, we were playing Leicester at home, so I've I've got promoted that day, and Yumi's got fucking relegated. And it was, and like we were talking about before, it was it was one way traffic. We just couldn't score, and we got, we got battered. I. <laughs> it was a it was a tough one to take, and I had no thought in my mind that I was leaving. But so it, but it wasn't. That was the, that was the mad thing during the summer. I'm walking around Disney World, 
with my daughter, 35 degree heat, sweat my tits off, and my phone's going off every half hour, 45 minutes from my agent, saying bonds they have offered. They started out with 175 grand or something and got laughed out, and it kept going on for a couple of days. Ended up going up to 1.2. It's quite a rise, that. <laughs> it is. It's considerable ridiculous. rise. R- ridiculous. And uh, I'm no mathematician, but that's, a, that's <laughs> of 100% rise, that. It was ridiculous, and it was uh, as much as shit hit the fan at Barnsley. I, because I didn't really want to go, I tried to price it out. Right. So with my contract, so I've still got June and July, or June before my contract reverts to 50% drop. So I'm trying to work things out with Leicester and they're not budging. And like, like listen, I, the Barnsley fans were, were incredible with me. Obviously didn't know what was going to happen eight months later or six months later. But I was kind of trying to price them out of a deal. Yeah. But- so going in and saying, well, when my agent finally called me and said, he goes, what do you want? So I'm like, well, don't really want to go. Mm. he goes yeah but they've accepted a deal they've accepted this so I'm like okay well tell them I want this calls me back half hour later yes I'm like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh but you're supposed to I don't know if I'm happy or sad no, or it fucking wasn't, what it I wasn't, it, no disrespect to Barnsley it wasn't at all it was, you best fuck it, you be careful here Ian I'm, that's my team love biting my tongue a bit but I wasn't in my head I don't think I was ready to go and I had a lot especially dropping down with a club the size of Leicester. I think in my head I had a lot to prove. Was fuck we're too good for that and I think the whole the way it panned out for them the season after if I was involved in that fucking yeah because they end up Matty Fryett one of my be- my best mates at the time was he ends up scoring 32 goals or something like that. Stevie Howard scores 18, Andy King scores 15 or something from midfield and they piss the league. If I was a part of that they got bought out by the, the ties this season after. So I've gone from being one of the main players for a club in a struggling season. If I'd have gone down a division with them, with the same team, and been one of the stars, and it goes to these guys getting taken over and they're bringing in players on 10s and 15s and 20s. Where could it have gone for you? For me, where could I have gone? Mm. Could have been sat here a Premier League winner. I'm, I'm not saying I'd, I would have been good enough to make it that high. Or to make the money that in my head possibly could have happened, but but you just it's, you could say that about Andy King in playing in League One. Would you say Andy King's gonna go on and win the Premier League? Mm-hmm. No yeah. chance. But yeah. well, to be fair, we have no disrespect to to obviously because they were so much better than me. But we no disrespect to any of the Leicester players. You wouldn't have thought that any of them would ever no. be a Premier League winner, would you? But did you see it as a step down? Even though you were, even though you're staying in the championship, it was stepped down. I think, um, on the grand scheme of things, when you compare size of clubs, regardless of the league level, I think, yeah, I think because I'd, I'd made such a, a good name for myself at Leicester, even with the relegation, I had such a good rapport with the fans and having to start afresh at a club who had been fighting relegation. Obviously, they were fighting relegation with. Leicester the season we went down managed to stay up managed to mm. stay up last so not, not, obvi- not obviously not winning to figures but do you know your Leicester contract that got halved was Barnsley better. a better contract than yeah. the Barnsley's, one Barnsley's, Barnsley's the best contract in my career 
that softens with, the blow then, doesn't it? With a big club. No, it does. It does. It does. And in in hindsight, when I look when I look at how the the next six months went, I fucking needed it. Yeah. Because the no, I didn't expect to fracture my skull in November. Yeah. And that changed my whole career, <clears throat> literally my whole career, because I've still to this day, what, bloody. 11, well, 11 and a half years on I'm still getting asked if my head's okay played 300 games since then yeah yeah my head's fucking fine mm. maybe not mentally but I've got <laughs> a, I've got a few screws loose but on a whole after after 8 months my head was right as rain it just looks daft but that in the grand scheme of things really really affected my career I think yeah I think as far as my progression and what I could have achieved I think I. M- some people might question it. Some people might argue what I'm going to say, but I think I could have gone a little bit further and achieved a little bit more. Obviously, you've gone to Barnsley and the incident with the elbow. So, I, wait, how are you? I can't remember. How were you doing at Barnsley before? You know, when you signed in the summer, scored, scored on my debut. Had you got your head round? Had you got your head round right? I'm a Barnsley player now. I've left Leicester. That's well, that that that's gone. Well. You- you know me, Parky. It's I'm gonna give you everything. And yeah, so it, does, it doesn't matter who it's for. It could be going alone, like you see me at Fleetwood. Okay, I didn't score goals, but I came in, I was playing, and I was given everything. The worst thing is my agent when we when we went up to sign everything. He goes, so so what numbers he get? He goes, Simon David goes, well, what number does he want? My agent's like, well, he's always been number seven. He goes, oh, look, thinking in his head, and he goes. Oh, that's Sam Togwell. He's on the transfer list. He can have seven. <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> how how to throw me under the bus in the dressing room without, <laughs> without meeting anybody? So first day of preseason comes in and training kits out and Hume. Togs has not got, Togs has not gone for the seven, T- has it? Togwell's. I think I can't remember what Tog. I think don't know if he'd gone to fourteen or something like that. <laughs> so he'd been or might even been higher, and he's. Unless you're in the 30s, so you're in bother, don't yeah. you? So my first day of pre-season, I'm in early because I'm travelling up from Leicester half an hour before everybody, so I've got my kit in, my kit on and all that, and all the guys come in and go, Togas, have you met Humi yet? He's the <laughs> who stole your fucking number. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> nice to meet you, lads, yeah, he's all right. But Togas, Tog, see, Togas were all right with it, and the guys were the guys were all sound and... They'd obviously had a tight knit group with like your Bobby Hassel and Brian Howard. Well, they're the ones that got promoted the yeah. two years previous, aren't they? Uh, Rob Kosluck. Yeah. But they had quite a tight knit group, and obviously bringing me in there. It was a big, it was a big dog as well, by the way. Fucking one point two million quid. It was. It was a big expectation. And Did that you feel was like you were the biggest dog in the gamut? pound? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, no, no, no. I, I knew there was million? a lot of expectation. Yeah. We had on paper, I think, as as good a team as anyone who was in the bottom half of the championship mm. and cool. then that fateful day came yeah, up yeah I was going to say looking back at it because I remember speaking to you when I first met you at the press and you, you were still quite because it, obviously it was a le- big legal Raw. case yeah it was and still, yet well, you still hadn't forgiven him no I never will fucking forgive him because it's you get smashed in games and you two know the exact feeling I'm thinking is you get smashed in games so many times but you know you give back when you get an opportunity, and, and I'm not talking dirty. But this wasn't a this wasn't a challenge. This wasn't a whoops. 
I didn't mean to. I can't really remember the incident. Have you gone up for a header? I've not it? jumped. Ah, Ball's ah. clipped in from Bobby Asso right back. And uh, I've come off, or I've gone to come off. Ball's been clipped in, and he stood with Parky as the ball's coming in that way. He's looked over his shoulder, fucking cracked me one. Saw you coming. And headed it without jumping. So he's not had to jump, so he can't blame him. He's jumped up, none of that shit. He's looked, gone crack, and headed it standing still. It's mad because it, there's a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Defenders, you know. Yeah, but there's there's going like that and heading it. And then there's looking and swinging and then heading it. Yeah. And if you watch everyone, you, everyone who has played with me or whatever has probably seen the video or been a fan of a team that I've played for, probably seen the video. There's no chance, there's no intent. Mm. I, hey, listen, listen. And I'm not being a dick about that. There's no way he's meant to do what he's done. I know that. But he's meant to fucking hurt me. Yeah. And whether it's a cut eye or a fucking, I think he's meant to. He's meant to. He's meant to leave his mark. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'd never ever, and I'd l- like to think nobody in football would ever go to do what he's done. And I, I'm not saying he's tried to hurt me the way he has, but he's meant to fucking hurt me. Mm. Him and him and God rest his soul, Ugo Ehiog, that game was smashing the shit out of me for the first 25 minutes, and I spoke to Andy Durso about it. And said, do, do me a favour and fucking keep an eye on these two. They've been smashing me all over the place. And then you've got all the rubbish going on about Blackwell and Warnock and all that saying, oh, he's that type of striker. He jumps into the centre-half. So piss off. What, your six-foot-four centre-half can't handle a fucking fight with a five-foot-eight striker? And I'm giving myself an inch there. Well, <laughs> sir, fucking hell. Hey, been all medic, my, medic all, all my medicals say five-foot-eight. <laughs> no, but... I think that was their that was their their whole story was oh he's the type of player he ruffles feathers with centre halves of course I do I'm fucking six seven eight inches smaller than you hmm. I'm gonna put yourself apart I've got it but I've seen I've seen the video and it's one of them where you, same as what you were saying then it's like it does look <laughs> bad it does look bad doesn't it mm. have you seen it no I've I've seen bad. it at the time but I can't I can't remember the exact exact incident but one of me one of my mates has recently it's recently happened to him but it was innocuous mm. uh, Corey Evans fractured his skull yeah. and it was just from a kick and it doesn't even look that bad mm-hmm. but he's his nose ended up going two two centimetres into his his head and so he, he at the time was fearing <coughs> that he was, whether he was going to play again yeah. and thankfully he's he's going to yeah and I think same as what you and me said then I think when you said I'd like to think he were Hundred percent, you would not have wanted to do that. Yeah, it, like we we know what Morgs is like. Yeah, you've played against him. You've played against him. I, I play played. with him. I play with him. He, he's, he's 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 a horrible old fashioned centre half, yeah. and he would have made sure you knew you were in the game. Yeah, he would smash you, and he'd make sure he caught you with something, whether knee, foot, arm, whatever. Goes up for a header. If he sees you there, he's having a bit, and he was an old fashioned centre half. He was a Steve Bruce esque. Pallister, these guys who go in and they make sure they win the fucking. If they've got a chance of leaving one on you, they'll leave one on yeah. you. What was it like after? Did he come and see you? He fucked. I got a text message when I played Gainsborough Trinity pre-season after. I came on sub for eight minutes or something like that. I wasn't supposed to play. I got a text message after that. Great to see you back playing. Hopefully we can sit and have a beer over this sometime. Fucking took you eight months to send me that. 
Did you reply? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Mrs. I'm surprised deleted. he hasn't gone to see him, like, straight M- after. Mrs. Mrs. deleted it off my phone. I'm surprised he hasn't. I don't know whether, I see, I don't know whether he's tried, whether he's tried calling the hospital or not. I don't know. Did you wake up in the hospital? No, well, no, I, I went home. I, I, I was told by the doctor, see, this is where all of the FA's concussion protocol changed. That date. So the the incident the, the the incidents happened, the physios come on. Bless him, Craig Sedgwick. Oh, say, I mean, I, I felt I, I mean, why yes with Sedgwick. I felt bad bad for him because it was his first ever professional he said, game. It'd only been a year. It'd only been starting. He was the out, assistant. He was the assistant physio. So the first team physio had a wedding to go to. This was literally his first ever professional game. Jesus. So he's come on with me and there's photos and he's walking me off and all that when I'm holding the side of my head. And that's his first ever game. How were you feeling at that point? Of walking felt like somebody field? pierced my eardrum. Literally felt like somebody put a needle right through my eardrum. Mm. So so it, it, it's happened, you've gone I didn't, down. I wasn't knocked out. Said just come on. The physi- uh, says the physios come on. He's assessed you and he said, right, you need to come off. Well, well we've, we've walked off to the side and I'm like that now. I just said to him, I said, yeah, I can't do it. I said, I, it, agony. Like, literally felt like a needle right through my eardrum. And We're obviously worse than any anything s- I've ever smash had. you've ever had anything before. I've ever had. Worst pain I've ever had. It just felt like somebody stabbed me right smack in the middle of my eardrum. And when I went, went into the, I, I said to Sedgy, like, I think it was like 30 minutes, half an hour into the game, 33 minutes, something like that. Um, that's, that's me, me, done. So I've gone into the change room and I'm, showering and all that and it's eased off a bit and then all of a sudden shower going over and all of a sudden it's like bang something's just fucking gone in my head and I can feel and I've sort of lost all sort of balance and whatever went and got dried off put my suit back on go sit in the physio room waiting for them to come in at half time come in at half time they have a look at me and they're like oh it looks like a little bit of concussion Looking, but it sends me home with concussion could have sent me to the hospital not like there's not a hospital close yeah I know Instead, my father-in-law drives me home. He drives me home, and so we go back and felt a little bit iffy on the way home and get home, suit off. It's the first ever game my wife and daughter haven't come to because it was my daughter's first school birthday party. So so, you, so it was just, just me and my father-in-law that went, and he comes to every home game when, whenever they were around. So drive, drive back to mine. Miss is still at the party go upstairs suit off straight to bed pretty much slept through so that was about seven o'clock by the time we got home slept through to the sunday and tried to feed like bring me up some toast and some drinks and all that and then father-in-law starts talking to me and i'm just chatting gibberish he goes down sees my wife and says something's not right so all of a sudden we're like okay well we'll go to the hospital went to the hospital (laughs) <laughs> going to Tameside Hospital which is our local one they did all the triage and they did all the tests and all, they just said oh it looks like major concussion just be careful and don't take tablets don't do this don't do that just follow protocol and they discharged me so all they did was check my eyes and fucking balance and all that and they discharged me and I'm, as I'm walking out just start spewing up alarm bells ring for them shit rush them in rushed me in and the whole left side of my brain was covered in blood 
So Shit. my temple had shattered inwards and there was no swelling, which is when you break a bone, normally something pops up and there's nothing. No depression, no swelling. So it kind of just looked normal. But now I've got no bone there. So none of that was visible to them and they, they discharged me and as I'm walking out, like I said, threw up. That's panic, probably saved you. Pa- panic, well, exactly. They said if I'd have walked out the door, I probably would have died within a couple hours. So they rushed me in, CT, obviously see that fractured skull, rushed me in, operation. So your bone is like porcelain, isn't it? So if it breaks, very seldom just breaks in one bit. So with mine breaking inwards, it's broken into multiple pieces. I don't know how many. So they were all loose. So basically it's like it's like back in the bloody plastic kitchen, yeah. in it? There's so, well, exactly. And especially if it's breaking inwards. So with how my scar is, obviously you see everyone sees the scar, but the bit across my forehead where they've just folded it, gone in and cleaned it out. So it's essentially just cut around there, flap it out, hoover it up, close it up. So that essentially is, it had to be done. Otherwise I'm going to have loose loose bits floating mm-hmm. around. and it's Continuous bleeding on the brain. Yeah, well, see I'm not obviously not a doctor and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the fact that they've, they've gone in, they've done what they needed to do and everything healed up. Mm. So I was back running, just that happened, the operation was on November 10th. Yeah, November 10th. And I was back jogging with the physio just after Christmas. Think you needed to do that? I was going fucking stir crazy. Yeah. Hey, I loved it. And it was brilliant because we had the snowstorms and my wife was pregnant. And it was it was one of those things that was, or she'd just come pregnant. It was one of those things that... Didn't stop your shagging then, did it? <laughs> <laughs> the old, uh, the old pressure to the brain. <laughs> had to keep the heart, heart rate down. Bit of um, exercise. Yeah. But it was, no, it was, it was great to be at home because it made me reevaluate things that were more important and just obviously having missed out on a lot with playing obviously five, six days a week and then playing Especially if somebody's football. telling you that a couple more hours in you could have died as well. Yeah. But it again, it's, I think that's a stubborn side of me mm-hmm. is I was told like, oh, Petrachek's tried to get in touch with you and yeah. he sent a letter to the club saying if I needed to speak to him and all that. And I just no, I don't. I, I'm I'm stubborn as shit, and with them saying, "Oh, you need to wear, maybe need to think about wearing a helmet." Fuck off, I'm a fucking hockey player. So there wasn't any doubt in your mind that you wanted to play again. Never. As soon as I knew, was you given any advice? They just said, "If you do con- want to continue playing, we recommend that you wear a helmet." Or one of those padded. Nah, is it? Is it? Uh, even though the fact, <coughs> even though the fact that it's your brain, it's like breaking your leg. If you once it's healed, there's as much chance of breaking your leg again as. That's exactly how I again. said to everybody who's ever asked me, is, how did you come? They say, how did you come back from that? I said, it, this was a lot easier to come back than my ACL. Could you have finished and took the insurance money? And live for how long? Comfortably, with no educate with no education, I left school at fifteen, with no qualifications as far as coaching goes yet. Okay, I could have worked on that. I'm a footballer. I've I've played well, football I think, I think since I was four years old. Me from knowing you, me his mentality is he good a player, a footballer. Mm-hmm. It's like saying it's like saying to somebody, 
20 year old right i tell you what then you don't you don't have a 15 year career but we'll give you a fucking 10 million quid what would you do 10 million quid well i would as well but some players oh not 10 million quid <laughs> <laughs> three million quid so you, you stop playing football at 20 and we'll give you three million quid are you gonna are you gonna take that are you taxing them 50 percent like we get are you fucking <laughs> giving them are straight three that? that's the same thing we Yumi could have took his insurance but then he wouldn't have been a footballer for the next was it a thought process though no for me it was never in doubt I'm again that's where my s- stubbornness comes in I'm a footballer I've al- always played I've never wanted to do anything else mm-hmm. mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market we put uh, we always put the question out and one of the replies I saw was there's no questions but he's a warrior of a bloke that's all he said just and I think a, it was just true. a horrible little shit <laughs> just, uh, just <laughs> like you just doing your cruise at 33 and you still want to get back I think you just love football just, don't you like I said to you before I've just had another up on my knee the likelihood is I'm not going to continue playing but that's not who they want to continue playing like I'm I want to play until I'm bloody 50 so I always thought yeah I always thought jumps into situations that he doesn't need to jump in into you know what I mean I'm thinking I won't jump into that fucking thing but I'd fucking love your size if I had your size <laughs> I'd have fucking ruined people <laughs> you'll be not you know, when you can see it it's like you know like uh, Beasley spoke about with the uh, Billy Whitehurst when he no no I will have with Yumi all the time Yumi no no, no. Oh, he's fucking gone for it there, there, there's Christ. a handful of players that I can think of that don't see fear and Billy Jones is one. Yeah, Tommy I mean, Spurs. I think that's just because Bill's not the brightest in the fucking. But it's it's just one of them things that there's just no fear comes in the head, and hmm. you're up there. You talk about the physical recovery, and then the mental recovery in terms of returning to football and wanting to return to football. Did the lack of disciplinary action affect you against him? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lack of belief in the justice system with especially with the FA I think that pissed me off massively because when the club put in an appeal against it that he should have been red carded and they said we can't do retros- we can't make retrospective decisions when the guy's been yellow carded and it's not in the match report but <laughs> contradicting themselves in the same day Didier Drogba got a pound coin thrown at him. Picked it up and threw it back in the crowd. Don't know if you remember that. When he was... Don't know if he'd gone for a throw-in or a corner or something like that. And he got hit by a pound coin. Picked it up and launched it back in the crowd. Ref booked him. Three-game ban by the FA. Same day. Exact same day that it happened. And then you have... Our lads played Knott's Forest the next weekend. 
and Andy Dursa was the fourth official. He was the match official in our game. He spoke to Simon Davy, and Simon Davy spoke to me afterwards. Said I've spoke to Derso. Said he didn't put it in his match report because he doesn't want to be subpoenaed if it goes to court. So I'm looking back at it, and I, I bumped into Derso a couple of years later, and said, "You're a fucking dickhead, you are." So he, heard, he he wouldn't want to throw did, Morgan under the bus. He know. didn't know, but he didn't want to go to court. He didn't want to. He didn't want to put it in his match report. In the line he of thought fire. that this happened. Yeah, that it could have been more than what he gave because if it goes to court, he's got to go and follow that up. So what? What was like obviously with the, with the whole incident? What would your perfect out? Not perfect outcome, but what outcome would you have been happy with? Not getting fucking elbowed. <laughs> yeah, but, but do you know, like do you know, like as you no, said, there's everything that's gone on after it and what court case and everything. What been your Ideal ending. That would just if he see he never went to court. It, there was a, it was a whole civil thing, and I was told I should have gone criminal, but I, d- I didn't want that. I didn't. At the end of the day, and I've said this to my wife, my family, and all that. If he'd have come up to me, if he'd have come up to the hospital, if he'd have made an effort to come and visit me or call me and get a hold of me, and not just settle for. Oh well, he's not taking calls and not try until eight months later. If he'd have made an effort, I think it would have been just a, yeah, I know, I know you didn't mean it. Like, if he'd yeah, have I'm pleased you've said that, mate. If, if he'd have showed a human side of it. Yeah. And just like fucking a bit of... I wonder if he were getting, if I wonder if he were getting... I felt, and the worst, the, you know what Stuff the, from the Warnock or whatever. You know what, Warnock can fuck right off. But you know the, the worst thing about it, and the thing I felt the, the most terrible about, was hearing that he'd had a brick put through his window. Because he lived in Peniston. Yeah. He had a brick put through his window by a Barnsley fan. And he's got, he had kids, he had young kids at the time. That's the worst, that's how, that was the problem at the time for me, was knowing that what had happened between us had, and this is a Barnsley lad. He's from fucking, yeah, he's, he's from right. the area. Yeah. For a brick to get thrown through his family window, whether it's true or not, but that hearing that, that hurt me more than fucking anything. It's almost a case of even though you two were involved and in directly involved, you almost should have stuck together yeah. in a way and See, come out and, and he should have apologised to you, apologised maybe publicly, and then you, it would have just been know, done. You, None of that would have happened. If that had happened right away, then it would have been perfect. The next, this, the thing that dampened my sort of I respect a bit for him as a pro was the next season. We then played at Bramall Lane and both starting both had a battle normal battle and then I get subbed off just after the hour and the worst the thing that pissed me off the most was when he I'm going off and he comes up and goes to shake my hand and goes let's make it look good for the camera and that was what he said to me as I was walking off and he shook my hand and that I think that's the thing that made me lose Listen, I don't know him. I don't really give a shit what's going on. But that made me lose a, a massive element of professional respect. Mm. Because, listen, we can't go back and change what had gone on. Could have changed the way things were, like you said, the way things were held or handled afterwards. But for him to come and say that, it just I just thought to myself, you know what? 
there's no point making an effort to try and be civil about things anymore. Yeah. And just wash my hands of it. And He's one of them players that I always think you'll go into a game, he'll kick the shit out of you, you'll kick the shit out of him, but you'll shake his hand and you'll have a pint after the yeah. game. So that's why it surprises a little mm. bit. Because I thought he'd be one of the first. I, I thought I thought so. And that, I think, like I said, that I think that's what upset me the most about the whole situation was if he'd made a, a bit more of an effort. Because I don't, I don't know about you two, but if I'd done that, I'd be fucking devastated. If I knew I'd put somebody in harm... Yeah. Like that, I'd have been absolutely distraught, and I'd have made an effort to go out and speak to him at least. But I think th I think that was the thing that upset me the most about the whole situation was how it was handled. But again, it's eleven and a half years ago. It's, uh, I think it damaged, uh, not damaged, but I think it hindered my career quite a bit. Yeah. Physically, for you, do you think you didn't? You came back the same player. I came I'm back guessing. the same. Just other people's perceptions. Yeah, I think the question mark was always there, and whether it was or not, in my head, having seen players I played against and played with, who go on to to do a lot more, when I know I'm as good, mm. or w sorry, when I know when I think I'm as good, I think it it did have a bit of a clouded perception of where I'd progressed to after it. So obviously we, we what happened was Barnsley Good as goal were you? What did what were there? Um yeah, brilliant. The the fans especially like when I was in hospital, uh Simon came in and I don't know if it was the same reverend that was there when you were yeah, there. Yeah, still there now, Pete. He, yeah. Pete Amos. Yeah. So they brought in a massive flip chart. It must have been thousands of signatures and notes and Still got them at home. Well, now. best wishes, like, and just speedy recovery and like just everything. Well wishes. <coughs> nice folk, aren't we? Yeah. Folk. Yeah. I wish I was able to prove more. To repay the. Just to repay the faith and the support that they always did, and obviously the money they spent. I know it was like I scored, I think it was four goals in fourteen before I got injured. Threw in a red card in there as well. Um, <laughs> They'll appreciate that more than a goal. <laughs> I think. Was that, your debut? Fans. that was my home debut. Yeah. yeah. Michael Mifsud, little prick, <laughs> ended, ended up ended up coming in when I was out. Well, the next season when I was in and out the team, he came in. But he'd been a chirpy little shit. First home, it was my home debut, so my away debut. So my debut for the club was at QPR scored. Home debut against Cov. He's took a short corner. So he's on the corners, took a short one, they've left him short. Well, I'm, I'm like I've got to go. This is my chance. This I'm my like, chance I'm going, and I've took the lot. I've I've took the ball, but I made sure I <laughs> I lifted him with me, and I got sent off right by the tunnel. So it was a short walk. It was that that tunnel end. It was a it was a short walk. It was stupid, but kind of worth it. <laughs> you know, some sometimes you think that like, you know, when so, you play against somebody and they just rub you up the wrong way. And it he with that one. He with that one. Yeah. Well, there's there's been a few. Do you not think in the same breath though? Are you saying that Chris Mullen thinking exactly the same thing at the same time just didn't mean. Yeah, but to there's but there. Yeah. See, hey, like we said, by all means, leave a mark. Mm. 
he didn't mean to do that to that extent, but it it's was more the it was what it was. Yeah. And unfortunately what happened happened. It's I'm not saying <clears throat> I don't want him fighting with me and doing stuff like that and catching me and whatever. I know he never meant to make it go to the extent it did. And that's that's it. Just the same as if you've gone into that tackle with Mifsud. If I break his leg, I'm fucking devastated. Yeah, yeah but you don't you don't mean to do it. No, exactly. But it ha- I meant to fucking catch him. The only time I've really seen anything where somebody's come out and held the hands up and said I wanted to hurt them Keen. was Keane. Mm, Haaland. Yeah. You, you can't. No, sec- twice. <laughs> Derek Greary with me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually want to hurt him? Yeah, I want to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. I did. Well, because he was taking the piss out of you. No, he we, we, we know he weren't, he weren't taking the piss out of you, he? He was just being a fucking little prick. <laughs> so I, did, I, I, I genuinely wanted to hurt him. <laughs> the only time in my entire career. <laughs> the one and only, so you've seen it twice. Yeah. But obviously... The parking and uh, Greary incident weren't quite as high profile as Keen Ireland, were it? Did it make your book? I, what? Did it make your book? I don't know if it did. I've, I've not read it. Well, honestly, honestly it wasn't <laughs> that fucking important. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it did, to be honest. No, but you, it's still you, on sale, by the way. You don't. Like, you know. <laughs> 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 you, you're gonna carry, you, you read it on, on Ways Canada. <laughs> Leaving Barnsley. So, at the end of the first season, obviously, recovering from my head, second season comes along. We've, we've brought in a lad called Daniel Bogdanovich. Very, very, very good goal scorer. One of the best natural finishers I've ever seen in my career. And him and Mackett, Johnny Mackin, were playing. I couldn't get in the team. You know, you know when sometimes you hold your hand up and you're like, can't do anything different. Training well, coming on sub, scoring the odd goal here and there, but can't get in the team. I can't grumble. Which ha- yeah, which happens sometimes. That yeah. season finished, so this is Simon Davies been sacked. Mark Robbins comes in. End of the season. You guys know I, I carry a bit of weight. I have three, four kilos that I probably carry that I shouldn't have. So he comes in and goes, Listen, Hume, you're looking fucking good. Get yourself fit during the off season. Lost four kilos. Came back at seventy two kilos. I'm on fucking flames in training. Played a reserve game, scored a hat trick against Notts County probably one of the best reserve games I've ever played in my life so physio comes up to me goes listen Hume he goes they're all talking about you starting on the weekend so I come in schoolboy school and you'll tell me this ex- exactly you know what's happened I've come in early you've not got changed have you <laughs> schoolboy era oh he's got changed <laughs> he's got changed he's fucking gone and got changed hasn't he? physio comes up to me and he knows I've been struggling with a tight back and hamstring and all that comes up to this game and Chris goes Chris Burton the physio goes do me a favour Hume get yourself changed come in get a massage get your back loosened up properly get sorted for the game like fucking sound yeah no worries just driven across the moors put my training kit on get my rub everyone starts coming in go sit in the change room get I'm I'm very superstitious when it comes to games and my setup for games so I I strap my toes and I I'm bit of a weirdo with certain things that need to be done so I'm doing all that John Brecken comes walking in the assistant manager and I'm like where's the fucking gaffer gaffer normally comes in walks into the change room pops the team sheet on the wall walks out John Brecken comes walking in I go walking up look at the team sheet 
Not even on the fucking bench. Grab the team sheet off the wall. Turn around and Breck looks at me. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? He's giving me the whole, what do you mean, Yumi? Fucking held it up, showed him. He goes, oh, I don't know. I said, this is fucking embarrassing. And as I'm good mates with them, but the players they've brought in in the summer on the bench and starting over me, Geronimo Morales Newman. <laughs> Geronimo! <laughs> Enough said. Never played more than a handful of games for the club. And but you stood there with your trousers. <laughs> Well, the toes aren't strapped yet, but the toes, the, the tape from my toes is ready on my fucking thing. It's all ripped and back, like when you wrap your Christmas presents. It's off. all here. End of, end of. Hey, if I went down a slide, I'm the fucking oil that was on my back. But I've gone in and I'm like, this is fucking embarrassing. Like, I lost it. That's the only time I've proper lost it in the changing room. And so, suits back on, not even got the tie on. Like, the tie is fucking. <laughs> I'd have been chuckling you if I was in that changing room. Oh, man, I'd have been howling. I'd have been like, yo, mate, what the fuck is you See, that's why I'm kind of happy players like you weren't around. I think there was only maybe Cozzy who was around who would have a go at me like that. You'll be getting oil on your shirt, pal. Getting oil on your shirt. The shirt's going to be ruined. But I've literally gone through, and you know where the manager's room is. You come out the change room and all that. You go around the corner. And I knock, knock. It was like fucking Sheldon from Big Bang. Knock, knock. I didn't even finish the third knock. And he's opening the door. And Mark Robbins sitting there. I said, what the fuck is going on here? He goes, what do you mean? I said, don't fucking play that shit with me. <laughs> we always <laughs> say that. What do you mean? I what, said, what do are, you... You, are you fucking telling me that these fucking players deserve to play over me after what I've done for the last fucking couple of games and then what I've been doing in training? He goes, oh, but I've got to justify. I said, you don't have to justify shit said, I don't give a shit what you have to prove to people why you sign these guys. I said, but it's not fucking rolling. I said, I'm not happy with this. I said, I'm, I've got to go. He's like, what do you mean you've got to? I said, I can't fucking play for you anymore. I said, I, I, I can't fucking deal with this. I said, I've been around the game long enough to realize that you're just chatting shit to keep me on board. I, I said, can't, I can't play you anymore. I can't. I'm just going to dress it up, put my suit back on. <laughs> no, it's like my Burton shirt's It's the only fucking time I've proper lost it. And I've, I said, listen, I, I've got to go. He's like, what do you mean you've got to go? I said, I can't fucking deal. I can't play for you anymore. So I've literally got in the car, called my agent, said, listen, get me out. I said, now. I said, fucking, I want to know. I want to know by the start of next week. To be fair, mate, get I think Matt out, Robbins man. might have tried signing me that summer from Preston. Mate, he's a, he. See, I don't mind, and we'd spoke about this. But if if you tell somebody, yeah. But um, yeah. Mark Robbins was fucking. He'd hide in his own shadow, the little fuck. Yeah, that must have been the summer that he tried signing me. Should have just fucking paid me up. You mate, you've spoke for ten well, minutes about well, he you. Didn't, and he still <laughs> didn't give me a <laughs> Give him his bre- Give him his break. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. 13 and a half K that game <laughs> I run. But that, oh, was, that was it. That was the last straw for me at Barnsley. So did your agent get you out then? Agent got me out. How soon? How soon was, after I think you gave the word? A, I think we had a game on the Tuesday night in the Cup. And I had Fergie on the phone on the Monday night. I think I'd come in on the Thursday. We travelled to Cov on the Friday. 
played the game on the Saturday. Joe nil nil, didn't we? No, nope. scored outside of the boot, top of the box, boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm this. Yeah. I'm thinking it. You enjoy me being you? Is that what you That's that what, what I mean. That was, that was some fucking week to debut for a club. Because we had the Saturday at Cov. Obviously, I was getting the abuse that I always got being a Leicester, ex-Leicester player. So I was getting battered and then I scored the winner. Yeah. And then three days later, played at Leeds. And that was just one of those. Did you get on with Phil Brown when he came in? Because obviously we I did. I know he didn't, but yeah. that was previous. More contention within the room. No, I <laughs> the elephant in elephant in the room. It was uh, I I got on very well with him. Were you? Did you come to Norwich under Phil Brown? I mean, I think we beat them or did we draw? I'd been injured, but it was my first game back on the bench. I'd have been there, yeah. And they were all steaming Phil Brown, and I've come up. He's told me to get warmed up after about 60 minutes. He must have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just about to come on and he's, the crowd's gone quite giving me a bit of shit or whatever, back at Norwich. And he's just shouted at the top of his voice, steaming, the brown man on his return to Canary Wharf. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine him saying it, can you? Yeah, know oh, I, oh, I can, uh. Canary <laughs> Wharf. <laughs> but see, there's... Obviously, you're mixed. Like you're mixed there's your mixed opinions, obviously, with previous with Parky and Brownie. But when he come in with me and you, it was fucking brilliant, wasn't it? You it used was to make me laughter when... Uh, I didn't did run much, much, but this is the rooster. We, rooster. I always remember rooster. We'd do possession before a game, and he'd just walk around to you and go, what time is it, Brownie? I'd go, half two, rooster. No. It's goal time. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you now, Kevin, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's only goal time. time. It's only goal time if it starts at half two and, and Crystal Palace are not playing yet. <laughs> so did, well, Brownie Phil, get in, did Brownie get sacked? Phil, Phil took the job. He was there until, I think it was early December. Right. So he near enough had a year at Preston. I would never <laughs> stay to me when he got potted, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, you'd have fucking loved him to stay on if you knew Wesley was coming in. <laughs> you didn't get on with Wesley then? Oh, yeah, all right. Fucking <laughs> exchange Christmas cards and all that. Well, the first one who can proper out him. Well, what do you Clark want to know? Him, didn't he? Well, yeah, do you want to know the first meeting? Well, the first meeting we had a game and he just took over and he wanted to meet us before the game. He wasn't involved, he wasn't in charge on the bench because Unzi wasn't. But he wanted to meet us before the game. So we all went into the the players' lounge. And he just introduced himself. And this is, I'm sure you'd have heard some mails about, oh, my kids call me medal winner and all that. All came as, as soon as that, the medal winner. Yeah, yeah, that was early. His first that meeting. Was the first meeting. First meeting. My kids don't call me dad, they call me medal winner. He's won a fucking conference. <laughs> Play two professional games. We keep hearing this story, and Play it doesn't—it doesn't get less funnier. <laughs> fucking two professional games in your career, and then you got fucked off because you were shit. Talk <laughs> about here we, here we, we now we're starting. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I can't stand the guy. Now, now we're starting. But, but then we play the game, and I can't remember how the first game went, but it was just one of those. It was, and we go into training on the Monday, and Springy's on the. Astro so calls us all into the AstroTurf so we all go in there and we're sat there half hour 
fucking freezing. And he walks in. First thing he goes, he goes, where's Hume? He goes, like a McDonald's, don't you? Said, Excuse me? He goes, you like a McDonald's. He goes, you carry a bit of weight. Said, yeah, I'm not exactly trim. Said, but I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly fat either. He goes, do you think that's being a team player? I'm sitting here looking around the lads and I was like, said, I'm willing to bet if you ask any of the lads in this room whether I'm a team player, they'll answer the same thing. Oh, well, I don't think that's being a team player. Never fucking had a conversation with the cunt. That's the first thing. Whereas you mean, I hear you like a McDonald's. No, I fucking don't. Yeah, I do, Gaffer, yeah. <laughs> so instead of going, instead of saying, uh, right, you and me have a meeting, you might need to lose a bit of timber. Yeah. He's giving it the old sarcastic, like a, like a fucking McDonald's, don't you? <laughs> in front of everybody. That's the first thing he did. First thing he said in that interview, in that meeting, was, Hume, you like a McDonald's, don't you? Not really. <laughs> thing is, talk about losing a dressing room. He's lost a dressing room before he's even played a game. Oh, but he lost it before the, before game. the yeah, game. In the meeting. Went the whole fucking medal winner. Bollocks to that, Graham. Like, come on. Were you involved in the imaginary weights and all that then? I was. I was. Yeah. They, they were heavy. <laughs> <laughs> the lads are doing the weights and he's like, oh, come on. He goes, just pretend it's heavy. What the fuck do you mean, pretend it's heavy? He's like, pretend you've got a 50 kilo weight in either arm. And then just get it up to the top. And you're like, oh, fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it was just everything. In fairness, he, has, he did bring in some decent players to the club. John Welsh, Dave Buchanan. This was the season after. And from their point of view, he's probably doubled their money. From the conference up to League One. Well, exactly. So, uh, but he brought in captains from every. Oh, they love him. And yeah. fair play to them. And I understand why they love him. I think the thing with it, I think the thing with him is, if you've worked for him before, and he signs you, and you're happy to sign, you can't really complain. No, exactly. And especially, if, like you said, if he's doubled your money. But when you when you, when it comes into your club and you, you've not you've not signed up for that, you've not signed up mm. for that experience. But see, the worst thing is, I saved the fucker's job, all over the, all the national press. Wesley under fire. All this blah, blah, blah. Stupid twat here scores two. Wins 2-1. Two, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got no sympathy for you either, Ian. Um, it's Dave, your own fault. Dave McCallion. Old kit man, Dave. So I go into the change room and it was my 100th and 101st goal. So everyone's buzzing for me. And then Dave, I walk through and everyone's like, oh, congrats, Timmy, congrats, Dave. Fucking proper clout. <laughs> right down the back of the head <laughs> stupid twat <laughs> said what do you mean he goes you've just saved his fucking job <laughs> and <laughs> but that all led up to obviously stayed in we fought for absolutely fuck all that year apart from mid-table mediocrity is which this league one this is league one he got backed in the summer or in the January window when he came in brought in daft amount of players six seven players and then got to the summer and that was the last i played for a year for preston north end so had you still got another year on i your still deal? had two years i still two had years. i still had the year i came to donny with you and then the year after but i came back from pre-season got told i couldn't go near preston north end why did you why did you fall out with him and what was the clash it was nothing <laughs> I was literally. I was like, what, why? Oh, before, oh, sorry. Was, was there no fallout? No actual fallout before this? Like, you're no, not allowed in the club? After my end, of, you know, you have your end of season meetings. And mine started out with, how do you think it went? I said, well, I was injured quite a bit and nothing I could have done. He goes, well, 
I think you're a disrespectful little cunt. Oh, Jesus. Dear. Why did he think you were disrespectful then? Yeah, you must, there must have been something went on. Did you pipe up at him? When well, he... you know what I'm like in training. If things aren't going... Because I argue with you in training doesn't mean it's fucking personal. Yeah. It's because if things aren't done properly... But and you felt that he he thought it was personal. Oh, he thought everything was personal. Unless you fucking sucked him off day, daily. <laughs> it's just paranoia. Think about it. it. If you what? If you what? There must have been a massive contrast then when you went to Doncaster on loan. With Dean Saunders. Well, I actually had a, a, a phone conversation with Dino before I signed. I must have had him. I was literally walking around the garden for about half an hour. <laughs> and, hey, That's the Dino we know him. Want to sign? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. It, uh, but he's like, Hume, how are you? I'm like, brilliant. He goes, yeah. I said I'm buzzing off my preseason in the gym. He goes, get away from that fucking clown. Come and play football and enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Said. Uh, have you agreed anything with the club? No, I haven't agreed anything yet. <laughs> he's like, probably not even phoned him, do you know? Like, listen, he's like, listen, I want you here. He goes, we've got, got a good group here. And he was right, what a group of lads we have. And he's like, I think you'll enjoy it. Training's fun, plenty of shooting, we'll be fine. A month later, fucking <laughs> didn't agree anything till deadline day. We're like, This was like the first week of the... The start of the season. So I went three. Because he'd not formed the club. I went three and a half. I went three and a half weeks of training in the gym, waiting for him to call me back. He was forgetting. And then probably would not want it. I just right. I just signed for the season then. Sign sign on loan for the a season. Lo- a full yeah. season loan. Yeah. When did when did Dino get the oh Dino did he left he, he got the Wolves, Wolves job didn't he yeah between Christmas and New Year well I was buzzing he went I'll be honest was yeah you buzzing yeah. Dino when mm. why because I just don't that we didn't get on. I like I like him, but he just didn't. Never really saw eye to eye. What? 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 You've never not. I don't know. Never known you not get on with I any manager really. I wasn't. I was never after, into all of us. You just didn't click. Right. Yeah, I, I remember one time, and I played, and then um, we just had a big fall. You remember when we, f- we were arguing on the pit on the training pitch? He thought I was out three times a week. He thought what three times a week? Yeah, maybe even yeah. four. He was like, I, I can guarantee you're out four times a week, and I went. <laughs> It's bollocks. Oh, he, he did. You were like, mate, you're living at my he, house then, weren't he, you? Yeah. He, did, he did elaborate on a lot of things. I can guarantee you're out four times a week. I'm like, Dean, I'm not. You should have Gaffer, said, I'm not. You should have said that. Phone, phone parking up, right? He will guarantee. He, I'm on his settee five <laughs> nights a week with his fucking big plates of meat at, with his packed lunch home from Doncaster. <laughs> Playing FIFA. Playing FIFA. So... <laughs> That I remember, I remember one time in, in one of his meetings, you know, when he was saying exaggerates everything, and he, he just randomly turned to me and he went, You're 20 goals away from earning 25 grand a week. I'm like, I may, I may as well have been 100 goals away. That's <laughs> called two all season gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're 20 goals away from earning 25. And then I, I'm sure, I I'm sure everybody him. is, aren't there? I bumped into him. Um, we played a practice match when I went to Blackburn, and he came to watch his son play against Crew. And he first thing he came up, I told you, didn't I? I told you you get a big move. <laughs> 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 he was claiming an assist. He's, he dealt it out. He was, he was funny. Hilarious, man. So yeah, so you only came to Fleetwood and took my place in the team, but you didn't mind Alexander. I, I played with him, so it was, that was the whole reason why he called me in was because I'd literally 
the season before I'd played with him at Preston so it was kind of a he'd asked me to come out because he knew I could offer something we had some good players like Josh Morris we had a, we had a good team for that league we had some good players I guess you get what you pay for to be fair well in comparison yeah to the league too you pay pay the money they were possibly possibly mm. and probably paying so why then at the end of the season the call comes from India so we get promoted by the way yeah. we win promotion we see Parky swimming in the the lake at the hotel and then end of the season speaking with Greza and wanted to sign me on permanent and he knew what my contract was and then all of a sudden they were offering half of what they were offering or what they'd paid me in League 2 which I found as a little bit disrespectful in, in League 1 now in League 1 now so yeah. won the money well not won the money but one promotion you obviously have to pay a little bit more for whatever but offer me 50% of what they were paying me in League 2 was kind of a kicking the ball it was impossible to accept essentially um <laughs> So then, yeah, the because this is the first Indian season as well. Yeah, there's the inaugural season. So Leicester got promoted to the Prem, um, and doing a interview with a mate of mine who was doing freelance stuff for a Canadian company for Leicester. He thought the easiest one to do was speak to me about it, and we'd done all that, and then he. He brought up the Indian Super League, if I'd ever heard of it and what I'd thought about it, because he'd been offered a job out there. And so he puts me under one of the guys with the, the company who was running the league. Next thing I know, I'm entered into a draft. They're accept, well, accepting that they want a Canadian international, only Canadian player that's played in the league. So they, they put my name in the hat. And so the draft done like American football again? Yeah. Going back, we're, we're the, the best foreign players all go into a into a pot and then the, the teams yeah. get to pick so do you not know where you're going well, to play I for? went to sleep not knowing who I was at and I woke which up to a text message which city you're going to live in which could have been anywhere <laughs> I woke up to a text message you've been yeah. drafted to Kerala Blasters so you know what you're getting into you know yeah. you're just going in a pot and well everyone everyone was announcing their marquee players so like the first season you had Goa had Robert Perez Mumbai had Freddie Lundberg and Nicholas Anelka. Then you had Kerala had player coach David James. Um, Captavia was at Northeast United. Um, you had the first season. You had Sylvester, Nesta, Mendy, Matarati at Chennai. It's a bad pick, isn't it? How old was David James at this point? Thinking about you, we were a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Fucking player of the year, that, yeah. It's <laughs> a bad <laughs> pick, isn't it? You've got so all them players. James. Yeah. I know. What, for your manager? And yeah, play, no, he was a marquee, wasn't play, he? Marquee and manager. How, how, were they, was he the last one? No, well, the, no. see, though, those, the marquees were chosen. So right. they were, you could go out and hand-pick who you had. So Calcutta had Luis Garcia. When you say hand-pick, is that going to him anyone, and offering him a contract? You want, anyone you want. You say, listen, right. David, how about playing in India? Here's this. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those. And obviously his chance to get into the managerial side of things was, was perfect. So he went in, earned whatever money he did over three months, four months' work with the preseason. Is he what? weird as he looks? Why did they only choose as <laughs> he looks? He just comes across as, hear him speak and that. <laughs> he's, 
<laughs> never, have you never heard him on? Yeah, yeah, but that's different to how he, how he looks. Yeah, no, I don't mean... Uh, <laughs> looks. I think he looks... I, think I don't mean... He's a good-looking good bugger, but... No, James like Green is what he is. He's, he's very intelligent, and he speaks to people like he's very intelligent. Patronising. <laughs> some people would say, some people. he's an acquired taste to a lot. Um, I, I got on that, all right yeah. with him. But a lot of people didn't really see eye to eye with him. But he did that well the first year, got us the final, and then he got called back the third season, fourth season, sorry. So it was. Uh, so do you know when you managed to be my manager twice? Do you know when you sign up to this IPL? SL. Uh, this whatever. The Indian this League, yeah. Indian League. <laughs> Putting pads on. Whatever. <laughs> when you sign up to this Indian Super League, right? Do you sign up and knowing what contract you're going to get? Well, the first season you're entering the draft, so you're you've agreed a contract pre pre-draft. So so you so you've agreed to play for anybody for X amount. Yeah, that was the first one. After that, your contract is what you decide with the club that you're signing for. So all your foreign players were pretty much on the same money. So everyone who entered this draft was on X amount. You had one or two who were above and beyond, like Bernard Mendy. Was on a little bit more. Is that him? Was at Man City now? No, <laughs> boy, the right back used to play for. Laughing at the one that used to play for Holland. Bolton. There's a Mendy at City now. There is a Mendy at City. Yeah, there is. But he didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't get he, brought up from India. <laughs> from Man City. <laughs> Can't Three months moved in India. <laughs> to the Etihad. But, um, <laughs> Go from Goa to Etihad. <laughs> but that was it. The first season was draft. So you've said, that. right, I'm going I'll, I'll, I'm to play for any team. I didn't know any. T- I just said, yeah, I'm willing to enter the draft. Right. Sign the contract. I'm entering I'm, the draft. I'm getting X. I could go I'm fucking a... anywhere. Right. And literally anywhere. To be fair, though, I mean... I've, I've landed right on my feet. 65,000 fans. Did you, did you play with Berbatov later on when you, when you moved again? I did, yeah. But that was uh, a tremendous time. Yeah. My fucking pro zone would have been up with yours at Stoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How good was he? Technically incredible. He looks like a decent fella. He's a good looking, <laughs> but he just comes across as a funny fella. I don't know. We never know. spoke to him. <laughs> Minimal contact. Really? Great. Hey, listen. He didn't have the coronavirus, did he? <laughs> fucking, I don't know. He may be self and self isolated. So he didn't socialise. Very little. What, even on team uh, meals and all that? For team meals, if he went out as a full team, he'd be there. But listen, we we know what he was as a player. Incredibly genius. He was literally a fucking genius with the ball. And he, you could see it. But he came over and Muellenstein brought him in as the uh, former Man United player. And Dimitar Berbatov, right, was at the career that he's had at Man United and Tottenham and wherever else Monaco. he's been. <laughs> what, what on earth is he earning in India to go to India at, at 35 months? You would say that about a lot of people. Perez and Elka. Well, they would, Why see, do they Perez need to go? and Elka, they were there for three months. But what are, they, what, so are they, what are they earning in three months? Three quarter mil. So they're earning... 250 grand a month. 60 grand a week. Basically, round about. Del Piero was on supposedly over a million a year for three months. A million for three months. I know, but right. 
I know that's a lot of money for three months. For us, that's a shitload of money. For them, is it? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you go to India for three months for? Yeah, but why wouldn't you? Your ex. I mean, so Berbatov's on fucking 150 grand a week for ten years. But to take it, take it away from the money. So did they? You, go for the you can go and experience India for three months. See that? I don't know. And. And earn a shitload of money at the same time. That's like a bonus. But I don't what else is he doing with his time? But how? See, the but, question but, is, how many of them learned the, learned the experience and enjoyed the experience? Well, that's it. I don't. Know. If you sat in an hotel, you're not you're not you're not seeing India, are you? No. If you've got if you've got, I imagine Berbatov's got ten million pound at bank minimum. So, does he really need to go to India for seven hundred fifty grand? Would you rather rather go on holiday for three months? Well, he was. <laughs> well, yeah. Was he putting enough. it in? But you know what? But you know what I mean. I, I don't really. understand why these. I'm, big... I'm kind of. Uh, I. Wes Brown there in that Wes team was as well. there. Yep. See that, that there's the complete contrast. Different. Of Wes is a proper, down to earth. Just a normal lad. What he's achieved in the game, how many Premier Leagues he's won, and FA Cups and Champions Leagues and whatever. The type of lad he is. Just a normal fucking lad. Mm. So do, you think, do you think he went for the experience then? Yeah, hundred percent. Brought his mates out. Down to earth. So it was like and an experience for him. For him, and like his kids came out twice. His wife came out a couple of times. He actually went travelling to witness what was going on, and there's the difference. Like he he is a very very good lad, but he's a very down to earth lad. Whereas, Bert, okay, it's different cultures. Bulgarian culture to the English culture and what Wes has been brought up to what Berber might have been brought up in. See, Berber's an unbelievable footballer, but he isolated himself. So I didn't get to know him. I, I played with him. Well, I was in a club with him for eight months and I couldn't tell you I know anything more about him than what I did before I went there. Whereas Wes, I know a shitload more about. By the end of the season, he's involved in my fantasy football league with my mates. Because uh, yeah, he wanted to uh, be involved. Yeah. Would a lot of people enjoy it? I think if they're willing to go out there with the open mind of enjoying it and not going out there for the check, I've got more of a reputation in India than I ever had in the UK. And I have a very good reputation with like Leicester fans and Preston fans, even Donny fans to an extent, mm. Tranmere fans. I have a bigger reputation, a bigger fan following. Okay, the population helps, but in India, than in any city than I have over there. Give us a retweet, will you, when you when this comes out? We'll be in Mumbai next year. <laughs> Mumbai, will <are> you? <laughs> when we were away, I was like, why the fuck's he gone to India? It's not like a... If you go to America, right, you think, right, fantastic, the lifestyle in America, brilliant. I'll bet it's India. And that, that was my thought process on it. <laughs> and then Daryl Duffy went over there. Well, I played with it all. Yeah, Duff was there. And yeah. he done really well. And then it's such a snowball. The amount of English players and Premier League players who've gone over there and shit the bed. Because yeah. I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> Bad curry. <laughs> 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 but that's it. Like You're getting players going out there thinking, oh, it's an easy payday. And it's uh, not. And they're not, they're not good enough. Or that, they, are, they have been good enough in their career. Is that but because, they think they're going to piss it. Is that because all of the, the rest of the players are all fucking fit athletes? Well, they're athletes, but it's the mentality. They want to go out and win games. They want to go out and learn. And you get people who go out there and think it's going to be easy. So you were playing in India up last year. 
what season? Yeah, finished last season, last April I finished. So it was um fortunately enough I got the chance to play in Spain. So yeah. with playing in India so in between, got me those got opportunities to... to go to Spain because of my connections with Atletico Madrid. So Atletico Madrid owned my team in Calcutta. So with having played for them and played with the the chief executive there or the sporting director, he put my name forward to to clubs in Spain and played two years in Spain or two two portions of five months in Spain. What level was that then? The second division and the third division. So what's next, mate? Well, at the moment, I've, I'm out of a contract or out of a club for the last ten months. So although I've put in many a phone calls and been told I'm getting many a messages back and calls back, I'm still got the same number and it's not rang so <laughs> <laughs> by the looks of it, it unofficially it could be the end of my career which is very upsetting when I've devoted what the last 30 odd years of my life to it but it's not, you it's don't not f- do you not feel ready oh I'm not ready now not a fucking chance but that's that's come down to my own laziness and my own sort of internal upset to to how things you mean that, well you mean not ready to retire mm. Not physically ready. You oh, mean? No. I'm not physically ready to play, but I, in my head, I, I don't think I'm 100% ready to retire. So do you think, do you think football's retiring you more than you retiring from football? 100%. Because I was, I was available in August. I was available in June, July. And I made that known to people. And I was fit. Coming off the end of the season, I could have walked into anything. Is it scary? Retiring? Or what am I going to do next? I'm going to stay in the game. What capacity, I'm not sure. But you know, like you said, when you walked out of the hospital, another okay, two hours. Come back two hours, aren't you? No, but you know, the, you know the, the, and this is sort of wrapping it up. But you know, when you said, like you, you were two hours. If you'd have gone home two hours later, you could have been dead. Do you just think everything else is a bonus? Yeah, I'm lucky that I didn't go out, and that they they rushed me back in for a scan. But got to see my girls grow up. So regardless, whatever happens. So fuck, fuck the football. Well, you, football you're more hey, than happy. Football's just something I've been fucking good at. <coughs> it hasn't come easy, but I've worked hard for it. But the main thing is keeping my family happy and healthy. And I think everybody who's who's been on here and you'll speak to and tells you the same thing about their career. They've done everything to prove people... A lot of it's to prove people wrong and a lot of it's to make people happy. Well, you've just proved to these two pricks today that I could run 13.5k <laughs> in a game. <laughs> so for that, Ian... Thank you. <laughs> you didn't even know you ran 13 and a half. No, I didn't know, did I? And I'm sure that along the way, Mego were fucking chatting shit, but I'm, I'm still going to take it. He, shit or not, he put it on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I'm going to take that for the next fucking 80 podcast. No more, <laughs> Well, cheers, mate. Yeah, all, the best, you, mate. all the best Absolute going forward. Pleasure, Good luck with it all, mate. Thank you very cheers, much. Bro. Absolutely brilliant. Cheers. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.